This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Base is loaded, two outs. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Galan Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle on this wonderful Tuesday, July 27th of 2021. That might have been the best Mariners comeback that we've seen since they came back from down five against the New York Yankees in 1995 with the double. Seriously, what an incredible comeback victory by the Mariners last night against arguably the best team in baseball, down seven runs. At one point in this game, they rally back rally back pretty quickly, might I add, to make it a game again for a dramatic 11-8 victory that came after Dylan Moore knocked that laser deep and high into left field. Oh my goodness, how can you not feel wonderful today? The Mariners' homestand, already a success, and I will happily take the L on that. I thought maybe 3-4, and 2-5, and five. oh me of little faith. I came to a realization last night, and you know me and my obnoxious references to non-sports things and generally just pop culture and movies that I've watched, but I was reminded of one of my favorite Judd Apatow movies, a little movie called Pineapple Express, because the Mariners are this. Linger, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. They linger. They have made a habit of hanging around in games when everyone assumes they'll just quit. And I mean, why wouldn't you assume they'll just quit? They can barely hit. They have no star power, at least as of yet. They don't look like a traditional contender. I'd imagine most people across baseball are waiting for an inevitable collapse that a lot of people, at least for a while, here we're believing would come. I think a lot of you are thinking differently today. And I'm starting to think differently today. There is a chance that the collapse could have started against Oakland. There is a chance that the collapse that everyone fears could have started against Houston. And honestly, with the way things started, it just felt like you didn't belong in that first inning. It was 6 nothing. what, before an out was even recorded? But now... I look at this stretch, and with two more games against Houston and now 4-1 and one on this homestand against your two biggest rivals in the American League West as things stand right now, you got to feel really good about them. And look, plenty of season left. I know that there's definitely potential for bad things to happen, but they just keep finding ways to keep on lingering. And they made themselves the life of the party in a place that specifically no one felt they belonged. And that's on the same field as the Houston Astros. And they deserve a lot of credit for it. And I'll be honest, I thought they were dead. I thought they were dead. I know a lot of you out there are listening right now. You probably thought they were dead for a time. Some of you might have gone to bed early. I don't begrudge you for it, but you missed out something truly special. And to make another annoying reference to a movie, I don't know how many people have watched The Matrix. No big deal. One of the most iconic films of the last 25 years. But... There's a moment where all of a sudden, 
Neo believes that he can essentially beat the computer program that is keeping that has kept him for so long entrapped as a human battery. And Morpheus acknowledges this. What is he doing? He's beginning to believe. I can no longer look at the Mariners. This Mariners team, with all the issues that they have, with the lineup that's not that good, with the starting pitching that's dealing with a lot of injuries, with a bullpen that does a pretty good job, but, man, they are asked to do a lot and very often. I am not going to be looking at a Mariners game and a team where the, a, a game where the Mariners trail. I'm not going to be looking at it anymore as a lost cause. I'm not. I'm going to stick around. I'm sticking around to the end. This team, this year's team, the 2021 Seattle Mariners, they deserve that from you. And you'll have a chance to support them. $10 tickets tonight at T-Mobile Park to watch yet another game against the Houston Astros. What was it, 16,000, 17,000 people or so there last night? There was an atmosphere, that's for sure. Uh, make the atmosphere a little bit bigger tomorrow. Or excuse me, tonight. Ten, uh, $10 tickets. How about that? Going back to the Mariners and, and this lingering that they do. They are driving teams crazy, which is so fun. You had the Oakland A's, right? Cole Irvin, way back in the day. A team like that shouldn't be putting up 10 hits against me or anyone. Well, a team like that chased you out of the game Sunday pretty pretty early. Bob Melvin, Saturday night after a passed ball because the A's reliever was so scared of Mitch Hanniger and had a couple of ugly at-bats before. It took an oddity for them to score a run. Well, is it an oddity that... Bob, your A's are four and six against the Mariners this year, or is it just I don't know showing that there's a discrepancy that the A's are perhaps I don't know the F word frauds, and then you got the Astros, and I can't believe that the amicable the amicable breakup that I once thought I had with a team that I used to cover has gone so sour so quickly, but all it took was one throw. At J.P. Crawford's head. They're dead to me. They're dead to me. I wanted to fight someone in that moment. Because I was riding high on an emotional testosterone high, yelling around my apartment and probably waking my neighbor. Sorry, guys, to my left and to my right. I really am sorry about that. And I'm also sorry to the dog. That's a terrible dog. It never stops barking. That's directly underneath my apartment, too. Just always barks. I, I know I made him bark this time. It was my fault this time. It wasn't the dog just being the worst. I know... That in that moment, all of a sudden, right afterwards, when J.P. Crawford had the ball thrown at him, I wanted to fight someone. I wanted to go 2001 Paul Gallant, unhinged little maniacal sixth grader who's a lot like Sid from Toy Story and do something bad. Because that, to me, was unacceptable. You do it once, okay. You do it twice, okay. You do it three times after giving up a grand slam in a 3-1 game where the game's over, essentially. Maybe not, but you know, that's at least the way I was feeling with the way that the momentum had gone. That was uncalled for. And then afterwards, you see Carlos Correa glaring from the dugout like the Mariners have no reason to get pissed about what just took place. That, to me, drove me crazy. That, to me, made me angry. And then, this morning, I see from Dusty Baker, the guys they were sending up were all sub-200 hitters. We walked the guy that's hitting 100. 102. It was a great at-bat by Jared Kelnick. There's a saltiness that these two teams in the American League West that think they're better than the Mariners, significantly better than the Mariners, have been showing that I think is delicious. Give me more of this salt. 
This is awesome. This is what happens when you are a lingerer. And the Mariners are proving that they are a quite the annoying lingerer. They're going to hang around and they're never going to leave. And you can ask them to leave and they're going to, instead of leaving, they're going to crack into your uh, bottle cabinet and pull out the most expensive bottle that you have, take a drink. Then they're going to get on your couch and they're going to scuff it up like they are Rick James at Charlie Murphy's house. And you hear these guys afterwards just talking about how special this team is. Here's Scott Service talking about the way that this team is able to compete every single night. They really do. They, they, they believe that, you know, we're building something here really special. You know, it's a, it's a really, it's an awesome group. I am just drained tonight. Um, I have no voice left screaming at the umpires and everything else. But uh, I, I really, I said it early on, I love this team and, and I really do. I just love the way they compete every night. If you don't love it already, then change that now. You have no choice. I will indoctrinate you into the cult of Scott Service, who, by the way, deserves an extension. Standing up for J.P. Crawford last night, the way that he has kept this team so even-keeled after they got absolutely smacked around by San Diego earlier this season, that could have been a moment where this season went to you-know-where. And all of a sudden, after that moment, they seem to be, as a team, as tough as it gets, despite some extreme limitations. Real limitations. How they are doing this, it's, it's hard to comprehend. But there's a belief, and it starts with this guy, J.P. Crawford, who was the reason the Mariners were hanging around early in this one. He gets a hit in his first at-bat. He gets a hit in his second at-bat. He gets a hit in his third at-bat. And then the rally starts. And after the game, he said, we're going to be a problem. We're competing with everybody, and we go into the game knowing that. And we go into the game knowing that we could be any team that steps on the same field as us. And we keep that mentality throughout the whole year. We're going to be a problem. They're saying, As you can see right now, we're playing really good ball right now. Sorry, J.P. Crawford. Don't attack me. You, you, you would be merited to. They're saying all the right things right now. They're saying everything that you want to hear from a young baseball team that is basically learning on the fly and growing on the fly. And it's time, if you haven't already, to join. Join this. It is fun. Who knows where it goes? Who cares where it goes? They are making teams in the American League West's life a nuisance. They did it with the Yankees, too. Remember at the end of that game where the Mariners finally were able to beat the Yankees and how mad Runyon Odor was and uh, DJ De La Mayhew with that entitled act of his, they are driving the best teams in the American League crazy because those teams can't figure out why they're winning. And quite honestly, I can't either, but I don't care because it's wonderful. This is awesome. Jump aboard the pirate ship. Hashtag that team. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show. I'm a little fired up this morning. My question for you today on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, 710-710 is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line, 206-421-3776. That's how you call in. Was this the best Mariners comeback that you were able to watch? We've had two nominees thus far. We had one, of course, the, five, the rally from down five in the 1995 American League Divisional Series, and a couple of people have brought up back in 2016. Less gravitas in this game, less importance in this game. It was a bit worse team you're going up against, but the Mariners were down 12-2, and they rallied to come back and win that game down 10, which is really cool. But can you think of a better one than this? They were down 7 to a dreadnought of a baseball team with an incredible lineup that looked like they were not going to stop scoring anytime soon. And they hung in there, and through scotch tape, and rubber bands and paper clips and whatever other MacGyver instruments you want to throw in there, they somehow found a way to rally and win this one. Tell me about a better comeback. I would love a history lesson. 
I'm Paul Gallant. This is the Paul Gallant Show. This hour of the Paul Gallant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. You can watch it, 710sports.com slash video. Your smart speaker, listen. Your 710 app, listen. And right now, it's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Eating and Air with <gasps> DJ Wilder. What? What? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. What's going on, DJ? <laughs> Not much. I mean, I just still have chills from last night. Like, I, seriously, I couldn't sleep, and I texted in our group text, I'm sorry, Paul, it is 1230, and I have to be up in, like, three hours, and I can't sleep. I couldn't sleep either. Don't be sorry. I, I Now, I pressed the snooze button a couple of times this morning because I was up. I was up till, like, 1.45, 2 o'clock. I was being insufferable. With all of my Houston friends. Insufferable. And I'm sure that now some of them have, have woken up. I haven't checked my phone a lot this morning, but I'm sure a lot have woken up and have already said, Oh, it's just my game. Oh, well, you, you're seven games back in the American League. What? Well, guess what? You blew that game. And, and it's hilarious. It's really funny it's to me. It's hilarious. This team had no expectations. And the most dangerous thing about a young team is no expectations. Mm-hmm. They got nothing to lose. So, anyways, speaking of the Mariners, John Morosi tweeted this earlier this morning. I think it's pretty interesting. He says the Mariners are one potential suitor for Trey Turner. If you don't know who that is, he currently plays shortstop for the Washington Nationals, but he can play really any position. He says they have high-end prospects to interest the Nationals and are looking at infielders controllable beyond this season, which is why they're also looking at Whit Merrifield from the Royals. The Mariners have been happy with J.P. Crawford, and Turner can move around the diamond. What would he cost is the big question because that is a real big ticket item. He's under team control, as you mentioned. He's really hitting well. He was an all-star this season. He's hit. I think he I think he was tied for the league lead in home runs last year because he had 19 or something like that. And he has 18 right now, and he's a leadoff hitter hitting 320 with a 368 Ooh. on base percentage, a 519 slugging percentage. I'm tempted. It's gonna take like Emerson Hancock. Are you okay with that? Yes. Yeah. I I'm not like a lot of other people. I'm impatient, and the prospects, they might be great. They might not be. Now, some people have brought up, specifically last night, some trades of years past. Heathcliff, uh, Slocum, for example, which was what? Derek Lowe and Jason Veritek it took to, to get him. So I understand hesitance, caution, the constant fear that everyone seems to have following this team. I get it. Don't get me wrong. But this guy... It's it's two years of production, and it's a very reasonable contract. And it definitely perks up your infield, that's for sure. It gives you some flexibility. And also, this is a guy who's got some more versatility than just being an infield guy. So you can figure some things out on the fly. I'd like to see it happen. I know it's going to be expensive. I, I, I almost feel like it's going to be more than just Emerson Hancock or George Kirby or Noel V. Marte. You know, like, I hopefully wouldn't see... Julio Rodriguez, our sweet future prince, and, and Jared Kelnick, who needs to figure things out, but had a nice walk last night. Hope, hopefully it doesn't involve those two, because those guys are your future, and obviously if any call involves those two, I think you hang up. But I wonder about the other three. And if you took a look, the prospect rankings for the Mariners were uh, updated, and now they have five, uh, four in the top 14, both Noel V. Marte and... Um, I think George Kirby uh, jumped into... Yes, George Kirby's 14th. Correct. From 79. So there you go. What's up next, DJ? 
Seahawks are reporting to training camp today with their first practice uh, practice happening tomorrow. Ian Rappaport is saying, though, that safety Jamal Adams and the Seahawks are not close on a deal, but he expects Adams to be present for training camp. Yeah, so this is like news, I guess. It's weird the way that it's reported. He's going to be there. That's the most important thing. I would imagine he's not going to practice. I have no problem with him not practicing. I, I saw this tweet from Jake Heaps last night, and I think it was a bit of an overreaction. And essentially, Jake was of the mindset that it would be really disappointing if the Seahawks can't get a Adams contract extended by day one of training camp. Adams having to miss a big chunk of practice due to negotiations would be incredibly frustrating. And he goes on to explain that, hey, like this is where the defense builds chemistry and all that. I, I, I really don't think that it's that important for specific players who you know work really hard during the offseason to be there from day one. And I bring this up because I used to cover DeAndre Hopkins, and DeAndre Hopkins never practiced. He still never practices. You know, that's why one of the reasons why this him his, his reservations about the COVID-19 vaccine probably okay like he only shows up on game days and it's fine doesn't matter there are some guys though who do need training camp and I remember Jadevian Clowney was one of those guys he always came into the season rusty I don't think Jamal Adams is like that so yeah you might be able to build a little bit more chemistry with whoever your def, uh, your your new cornerbacks are going to be DJ Reed obviously is probably your number one guy Akella Witherspoon though you would like to see him build a little chemistry with with Adams but I, I, I don't think it's a big deal if Adams isn't there for the first couple of days of training camp practice all right, guys, a little late on this one. It's 10-18. That means it's time for you guys to be heard. 206-421-3776 is how you call in. You can text into 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Let's get it on. Your voice. Your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 10-15 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 206-421-3776. is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. A texter asks, were you a fan of Houston while you were there? To be honest, yes, I was. And I move. I start covering the Mariners. Pretty easy to move on. Not going to lie. But it was an amicable breakup. It ceased being amicable last night. I didn't like what they did against J.P. Crawford. And I've been telling some of my people that live in Houston about just how good J.B. Crawford is and about how much they would like him if they actually got to watch him. And I'm just curious as to why it unfolded the way that it did, other than that guy whose name I'm not even going to acknowledge because I think he's a minor league player, decided that he wanted to throw at Crawford, not once, not twice, but three times. And Crawford handled it like a pro afterwards. 206-421-3776, let's go to Bob and Bobble. Bob, what's going on? Paul, thank you for taking my call. Wow. That's wow. You know, I, I you know I've called many times and said, man, this team is, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know what? I'm on the bandwagon. Let's go. We we got to sign service. Sign that man. Yes. That guy, I have never seen him that pissed off. That was wow. That kicked my ass. I was like, hell yeah. That that brings me back to ninety five. And to answer your question. 94-95 season, it seemed the Mariners were always coming back. Mm-hmm. But this Especially game at the end. from Dylan Moore, hell yeah, that was killer. Go I, Mariners, man. We got this. I love this energy, Bob. Right on, you guys. Let's go. All right. 206-421-3776. I like this energy. So let's keep it going. Jonathan's in Gig Harbor. Jonathan, what's going on, man? 
How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. I'm I'm in a great mood, man. This is the best this best game I've ever seen. I actually uh, turned it off in the second inning and uh, came back probably in the fifth when they started coming back, man. This is I just love the energy. Seeing Kelnick all pumped up, everyone all jacked up, Shed, Justin Dunn. I just I was screaming. I think I woke up my roommates last night. I definitely I, I woke up my neighbors. Go Mariners, man. Go Mariners. Good call, Jonathan. Look, I, I definitely woke up my Mariners last night. I said all sorts of profanities. I'm sorry about that. I can't help it sometimes. 206-421-3776. This is an old friend. This is a regular listener of the Paul Gallant brand and someone who I have disagreed with many, many times. Manny, repping H-Town, calling in. Manny, what's going on, man? What's going on, buddy? How you doing up there in the Pacific Northwest? I'm doing great. It's great. It's great to hear from you. Now, you are one of the best, I think, Astros fans on Twitter, and you are someone who can dish it, but you also can take it, unlike some people who have decided to make their entire Twitter accounts private today. Uh, what happened last night, man? No, nah, you know, it was a case of, uh, of a guy in Garcia who's in his rookie year who, you know, we've seen him throughout the season have three or four good starts, and then he follows it up with two or three not-so-good starts, and last night was one of those not-so-good starts, and I think what was shown more than anything was how he is he is simply rattled by the fact that when he's beating guys early with a certain pitch, and second time through the lineup, those guys come around and they get a base knock off of him, or you know somebody will hit a bomb. He tends to go away from that pitch, even though it's worked mm-hmm. you know, early in the game, and I think that's what we saw, and then you know, they had to lean on the bullpen and Brooks Raley. You know, I'm not one to make excuses for anybody. Um, the guy's terrible. Yes. And he's been terrible all year. Awful. Throwing the fact that, you know, throwing the fact that he hadn't pitched since July 4th. Um, you know, why Dusty went to him there. Uh, Brian Abreu giving up another run. It seems like every time that guy comes in, he gives up a run. But look, the Mariners are exciting, man. They, they, have, a, they, have, a, they have a squad. That's young and exciting, and they have guys that that when when they're in the box and we're at home watching, it's a very uneasy feeling, you know. Like when out, you know, Altuve is that guy for other teams outside of Houston. You know, when Altuve steps in the box, you know, fans tend to get a little antsy, get a little, you know, anxiety kicks in. And the Mariners have like three or four of those guys right now, and they're playing. Hey, they're playing great baseball. And last night was a case of you know, momentum kind of swung. A little in choking. Favor after that, you know, yeah, and the, and the Astros, <laughs> the bullpen coughed it up. Absolutely, man. But um, I mean, let's 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 pull the reins back a little bit, Seattle. You guys are on a roll. You know, we like it. We like to see it. Um, you know, we like to see it yeah. because hey, if, if y'all can jump the A's and y'all can keep the Yankees from getting a wild card spot, there's probably nothing more than Houston wants than to have to face. Seattle in a playoff. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay. I, I knew it was coming eventually, Manny. You were so respectful at first. Okay. So wh- one last thing before we let you go, okay? Uh, if you could pick, who do you respect more? Do you respect the Mariners or the A's? This is all we want to know. Uh, at the moment right now, and this is this is before last night, um, because you know me, Paul, I keep, a, I keep a close eye on everything that's going on league-wide in all sports. Um, I, I've actually been side-eyeing the Mariners more there than the There we go. I, I've I have no confidence in the A's whatsoever. I mean, you know, they, they're hanging their hat on a on a sixty game season division win uh, last season, but you know they showed they showed their true colors in, in that first round of the playoffs against the Astros when they got slapped. I think it wouldn't be as easy 
if the, the Astros and the Mariners faced up in the playoffs. But I think the Mariners are, are they're they're a threat to the A's and the Yankees and to those teams chasing that final wild card no, spot. Can't, can't Again, say it though. With all due respect, can't say with it. all due respect. <laughs> they're not a threat to the Astros. Oh, okay. There it is. Put that out there. There it is, Manny. Love you, man. Uh, good to hear from you, you, buddy. All right, I'll talk All to you right, again buddy. soon. All right, that, that is that is Manny from Houston. Manny Fresh twenty five on Twitter. He is actually a good sport, but he will dish it out. And look, Astros fans—they're very arrogant. They are very arrogant. He's one of the good ones. So, look, last night is great. Rub it in their faces a little bit. I know I'm rubbing it in my friends' faces. I know I'm a blood trader. Blah 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 blah. I know I am. Whatever. I am what I am. You pay the bills. You pay the bills. Someone texted in seven ten seven ten. I definitely woke up my Mariners. I, I guess I said that, didn't I? Anyway, let's have more fun. Uh, we're going to continue to take some of your calls at 1045. Right now, let's get some text in. The Graz, the Dare to Dream Express is back on the rails. We're going to talk about last night's victory and how they could keep this up and what they might need to do with the trade deadline next. It's 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, man, if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going to fail. With Paul Gallant. And joining me right now in the sports pit is the great and powerful Graz. Graz, what's going on, man? Uh, just living the, living the dream like everyone else, Paul. Let's relive that dream again. Hey, Riz, hit me, baby. Now the left-handers, 1-1 pitch to Dillon. Swing and a well-hit ball, deep to left field. Grandma, get out the right, bread and mustard. Grand salami time. Upper deck, left field, down the line. Dylan Moore with a grand salami. And the Mariners lead the Astros 11-8 in one of the greatest comebacks I've seen in a long, long time. I don't know about you, Gros, but I could go for a grand salami right now. But that was delicious last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, a, what a tremendous, tremendous comeback, especially... Considering, you know, it's not just a comeback, but to go down 6 nothing in the first inning. I mean, really to have, the, you know, the air come out of the balloon right from the start and, and to come all the way back from there just, just made it even more impressive for me. There were a lot of unsung heroes along the way. And I would say specifically, who would have thought that we would be saying the guy that gave up those six runs, McCacken, who got crushed in there, would be someone we're talking about afterwards and giving a little bit of credit. But, I mean, it was imperative that he got through four innings because if he didn't, they weren't going to be able to turn to their bullpen the right. same way that they did. And that bullpen of theirs, Graz, it just continues to impress. And now it's Eric Swanson who is joining both Paul Seawald and Kendall Graveman as a guy that you can turn to and feel pretty good about whenever he comes in. Yeah, uh, you know, it was really a, it's a it's a great comment because this is a kid making his first starts, you know, and and uh, it just blows up in his face, and it would have been so easy, you would think, for him to struggle just as much the next couple of innings. Instead, he he holds the fourth. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, Kelnick a couple of good at bats where he walked 
you know, was was part of was part of the the good things that happened last night. So you're right. When a comeback like that happens, it's it's a lot of stuff behind the scenes to get to that uh, you know Dylan Moore home run. You had to have Tom Murphy's great great plate appearance before that, where he just walked. Um, you know, you you had uh, you had a team just just making veteran plays and and showing veteran composure the whole way around and and uh, you know you, you all of a sudden you had, you had the Astros stolen inside so now you got a little bit of rivalry brewing uh, it's uh, it's a very exciting time to be a Mariner fan don't you get a kick out of how annoying they are to all these other teams whether it was the Yankees a couple of weeks ago at the end of that game that they were able to win with the stare off that you had or it's the A's who have Cole Irvin saying oh a team like that shouldn't get that many hits off me or it's Bob Melvin on Saturday night uh-huh. saying it was flukish that they got the run or it's Bob it's uh, yesterday it's Dusty Baker of all people who is saying right. oh you got guys that are 100 that are actually getting walked and then Carlos Correa is staring them down too after Scott Service rightfully so stepped up for J.P. Crawford. There is something about them that gets under the skin of everyone that they play, and I love it. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely something that, that they're working to their advantage here. And, um, you know, now you got uh, you got a chance to take this series from Houston and, and do even a little bit more. And, you know, we kind of joked on, on Thursday about what it would feel like if you – if you actually went to that last game with Houston with a chance to sweep, well, you don't have a chance to sweep, but you might have a chance to get uh, to get five out of six, or excuse me, six out of seven right. in this series, which which would have been uh, which is uh, remarkable if they can pull that off. Really, it's it would be something else. You're the master class historian in Seattle sports. Yeah, <laughs> like that, <laughs> very subtle. Yeah, <laughs> flex a little bit more, guys. Come on, man. You're uh, old. You're old. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice way of me saying that, essentially. So uh, you have the context here, and I threw that question out. And okay. is this the best Mariners comeback that you've ever seen? And a lot of people brought up the, the double in 1995. I mean, you're down five runs, and Edgar Martinez is knocking in run after run after run leading up to that double even. Uh, some people brought up, uh, I think it was 2016, where they were down 10 to the Colorado Rockies. Those have really been the only two that I have seen that have been brought up. And I would argue it's tough to beat the double. In fact, it's impossible. But I think actually, if I remember right, it was Game Four that they were down five correct. nothing because Edgar had two, had two home runs in that Thank game, you. including a grand slam. So that's the one that'll come to everyone's mind. Wasn't there a game with like the Padres or something like that? You know, yes, five or six years ago, they 2016, were, they were down 10 runs. right? And those are the two that everyone have been bringing up. I, I don't yeah. know if there are any other ones that that, that come to mind. Great and powerful. There probably are, but unfortunately, it speaks to un, unfortunately the Mariners not having a lot of a lot yeah. of big seasons that a lot a lot don't don't jump out like those do. But but certainly that one with the Padres does, and and uh, you know the the game four with the Yankees, obviously because of the circumstances that does, and. This one fits more like that because you know this is this is potentially last night. Uh, think about the the win that 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 might have been last night. That might have been the final final note that, that makes Jerry Depoto think. You know what? This is a team that needs to be added to this year, this year. And I and I want to emphasize this point again in my last moments on the air here uh, today that that uh, this is. Not a year to be to, to say that we're, we'll be ready for it next year. It's a year to be taken advantage of this year. Last night should have been should have been proof of that. Uh, add to this team. This is the team that can get you to the postseason. The future is now. It is not next year or the year beyond that. Make a move and, and add to this add to this bunch. He is the great and powerful Graz, and I hope to see that move made 
over the next couple of days. We'll get to talk again before the trade deadline on Friday, on Thursday. And let's let's try to think of some names in the meantime as far as who the Mariners can go after. Because I think last night it was very clear that they could definitely use an extra starting pitcher. I predict that they will have they will have done that. They will have made a move for pitcher by the time we talk Thursday. Let's do it. All right, that gets me excited. Graz, thanks so much for stopping by. Okay, Paul. 11-8, the Mariners take down the Houston Astros last night, and it was so, so sweet. And if you want to hear how the other side felt about it, well, just wait a little bit longer. You will hear the tears of unfathomable sadness, and you can drink them up yourself. Next! You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Rayleigh here. 1-2 pitch is crushed and deep. And that's a slam. Upper deck. Grand slam. Dylan Moore. Crummy a river. You don't generally fear the Reaper when you're up 7 nothing over a team that you have owned for a couple of years, but I think the Astros are going to be looking at the Seattle Mariners in an entirely different light going forward, which is the best part about what took place last night. And we'll see if the Mariners are able to replicate their success that they had last night tonight. Of course, $10 tickets tonight if you want to go to the Mariners game against the Houston Astros. I feel like you should if you got nothing else to do on a Tuesday night. It was an incredible win. One of the best comeback victories that I think this team has had in its history. There aren't a whole lot to speak of, and we'll, we'll get to some of those suggestions that you guys have brought up, but for the most part, it's been the, and to correct myself, the 10-run rally that they had against San Diego and the Game 4 rally in the American League uh, Series against the um, American League Divisional Series against the New York Yankees. So you take a look at them right now, and you just wonder, what is it about them that's making them able to do what they're doing? It's hard to fathom. It really is. But they are getting under the skin of the opposition. A tweet that exposed Dusty Baker's saltiness last night, manager of the Astros. The guys they were sending up, they were all sub-200 hitters. We walked the guy that's hitting 100, 102. Well, there are two home runs from guys hitting 211 and 179, respectively. So, I mean... Continue, you're crying, Dusty Baker. Continue. Right now, this is a team that merits your respect. And if you haven't done it already, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take. At this point, if you're not jumping aboard the, the party with us, then bye, right? Bye. This organization has done a lot of good in the last year and a half. And I understand there are lots of things to be frustrated about with the history of this team and all that. But what Scott Service has done as manager of this team merits an extension. What Jerry DePoto has constructed with this team merits an extension. You don't want this party to keep on happening? And look, I know there's a lot of season left. Anything can happen the rest of the way. For all we know, the Mariners don't do so well the rest of this really difficult stretch. They have two more games against the Astros. They have a three-game reprieve against the Texas Rangers, who stink. And then they got to go up against the Yankees and Rays on the road. I mean, that's not going to be easy. But this team continues to go into situations that do not seem easy and win. How? Again, inexplicable? I don't care. I'm along for the ride, and I am done doubting them. I'm just going to continue to watch, and if they're down 7 nothing in the first inning, I'm going to be patient and keep on watching. 
because you might see something special like you saw last night. 206-421-3776 is how you call in to the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Robert in Tacoma was hanging on for a while. Robert, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. I, uh, I got to admit, you know, I have more than one time seen the Mariners down like, oh, God, turn the channel, and then I find out they win, you know. You know, personally, I think we're looking at 95 all over again, you know, but not with all the all-stars that we had with, the, like you said, this young team that doesn't know, you know, has this thing like, we're just going to go beat you. We're just going to go and do what it takes. Like you said, what Dylan has what, a one or 200 batting average? Right. Okay, it's that one, one time that he does connect that you hope nobody's on base <laughs> that he does again what he did last night. You know, I don't care about the people that hit 350, 360 because you know they're going to do it. But it's all these little guys that we've got around that you never know when they're going to get that hit. And I think that's what drives everybody nuts. Yeah, I'm with you there, Robert. And it makes them that much more likable, too. They're a team of every man at this point in time. And we'll see if some of those stars emerge over time. But that's probably what's driving these teams crazy is that they're looking at these teams and they're looking at the statistics and they're like, wait a second, no, these guys aren't actually good. And yet here we are watching it, and this team, for whatever reason, just in the biggest of situations, delivers time and time again. How? Again, no idea, no clue. Is it divine intervention? Maybe. At this point, right? I mean, running out of, running out of reasons to explain why this thing is happening. 206-421-3776 is how you call into the Paul Gallant Show. Jackson Bellevue. Jack, what's up? Yo, Paul, how we doing, man? Doing well. Um, yeah, so I'm 27, uh, and I'm racking my brain to find a better comeback than this. Obviously, as Obi-Wan Kenobi said, only a Sith deals in absolutes, so I'm not going to say it's the best one, but it's oh, got to be right there. I like you already. Uh, so I want to give a shout-out to somebody else, the big maple, James Paxton. Like, we're talking about dealing for an arm right now, and like I know how, how pumped he was to be back here. Uh, and, you know, he gave us that one awesome inning and then went down. Like, you know, you just got to think about, like, what this team would look yeah. like if he was in some sort of a normal form for him. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's tough for him to uh, to see this happen. He's obviously pumped for, for the squad, but, you know, it, it, you got to think about what, what he would be doing. 100%. Injuries happen. It's a part of the long haul of an 162-game slate. So I look at that, and I, I feel for him, and maybe he'll be back on the team next year. It's It's been such a problem for him over the course of his career the injuries that he has gone up to uh, gone up against and um yeah it's a shame I, really i i i feel for him and um you sit back though and you watch this and you know you, you think about just everything that you're missing right now and where this team is still anyway i mean no justin dunn right now no justice sheffield who you were expecting a lot of as well and you know it it it's really incredible what they're doing lisa's in los angeles 206 421 3776 our last caller on the most interactive sports talk show in seattle lisa what's up hey paul how are you i love the show i just had to report that i listen i live in la i'm a i'm a born and raised seattle but i live in la for many years now and i'm a huge fan I listened to the games on MLB.com, listened last night. 
on the edge of my seat. I was sort of half listening after the first inning because I thought, no way we're going to get out of this. But I kept it on, happily so, only to learn after the, you know, my, my phone died in the middle of the eighth inning, so I didn't get to hear Dylan Moore's grand slam. By the time I recharged, I got back on the phone and I got back on the game and I heard what happened. Then I learned after that that the game had been televised by MLB.com on, on the Internet. Oh, so no. I sat down at midnight and watched the whole thing. There I you go. Good. Thing. You were able to watch I, it. I had to see it. You had yeah. to. Because Dylan Moore yeah. knocked that ball into outer space. I mean, if the if left field was a little bit lower, that ball was definitely going out of the park. He lasered that thing. That was a high hit ball. And it was something else to watch, Lisa. I'm glad that you got the chance to watch it. And I, I, you all got the chance to watch it again tonight. $10 tickets at T-Mobile Park. Look at Paul paying the bills, being the salesman for our beloved Mariners. Get on the bandwagon, people. If you're not jumping on now, something is wrong with you. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in to the Paul Gallant Show today. It was a lot of fun. Had a blast this morning with Danny as well. So big thanks to everyone who stopped by, to the Graz, to all of our callers, and, of course, DJ Wilder, who made this thing happen today and will be making it happen for the rest of the week. So long. Farewell. Continue the party with Jake and Stacy next, 710 ESPN Seattle.